0: Thank you for such a kind introduction. And surely it's a joy and it's a pleasure uh, to visit uh, Southeastern. And we're glad that you invite our Asian brothers and sisters to visit this beautiful campus. And just for the brief time that we have had this uh, morning and last evening, I just felt the heartbeat of this seminary on the burden of um, missions. I would like to bring you greetings from the North American Mission Board and for your support, for your uh, help in advancing mission work in North America. And I also would like to bring you greetings from the Chinese Baptist Fellowship that we seek to connect all the Chinese Baptist churches in the U.S. and Canada uh, for uh, Kingdom's work. I came from Hong Kong, and uh, uh, so I still, watch the news on what is happening in Hong Kong uh, every day. And recently I noticed something happened that caused a big uproar in Hong Kong. Do you know someone whose name is, uh, is called, l- let me see if I pronounce it right. English is my second language no matter what, but this is not real English. His name is Leonel Messi. How many of you know that I think if you're not from America, maybe you know him better, because this is a person who played a real football. (laughs) Yeah, so he is an Argentina uh, professional soccer player, and uh, he's a World Cup winning star. So in the week before February 4th, 2024, not long before the celebration of the Asian New Year's, People are excited that Messi is coming to Hong Kong. And the 40,000 tickets uh, with the price range between $113 to uh, $624 were sold out in a matter of hours. And uh, it was said that Messi's search was flying off the shelf and you see uh, his face, his figure everywhere in the city. Uh, there were much expectation because, hey, Messi is coming for a game in Hong Kong. And the government too are excited because, uh, well, we'll stir up the names of Hong Kong again. So they dedicate $2 million uh, for this event. Well, then the match came, February 4th. And this, is what, this was what happened. As the spectators watched the game, And they watch Messi was sitting at the bench watching the game the whole time. So they expect him to play, but what they saw was he was just sitting there and watching the game. And also people noticed that he was just just not sitting there and watching the game. And people saw him avoiding shaking hands with the government officials. So there were many different speculations. People were upset because people paid tons of dollars. People traveled far to come and watch him. So the speculations was, is this because um, some political agenda, he was not happy with the governments in Hong Kong, or maybe because they were not paying him well enough. So, the officer answer was, Messi was not playing because he was not feeling well. He, he has a swollen and painful groin injury. So, but however, in the news conference, the government said that, well, there was a contract signed between the government and the match organizer, required Messi to play at least 45 minutes, but subject to safety, and fitness concern. So, I can see two things in this drama. Messy, if this is not really messy enough, the world soccer star was a man of authority. He said, yeah, so 40,000 watching me, but I decide not to play. That was my right, <laughs> okay? So I can just say yes to myself. And, and also he has his right in a way Because the contract gives him the right not to play if he finds himself unfit at that moment. Now, wow, I think a lot of young boys in Asia and South America would be like to be a messy in the future, to be a soccer star. Wow, I have my influence. I have my power. I can exercise my right at any moment. But when I think again is now we are ministers of the Gospels. We are called to be servants of the Lord. What rights do we enjoy, and how do we exercise our rights? Our text today is from 1 Corinthians, chapter 9, verse 17 to 18. The Bible reads, For if I do this willingly, I have a reward. But if unwillingly, I'm entrusted with a stewardship. What then is my reward to preach the gospel and offer it free of charge and not make full use of my authority in the gospel? Let's pray. Father God, as we look into your word, we pray your Holy Spirit as it inspired the writer at this time, speak to us, me, us, that we know how we will be responsible and how we respond to the calling of the great commission. And in this name we pray, amen. So in the ninth chapter of the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul is stating that he has authority, he has rights, but however, He seeks to not make full use of my authority in the gospel. The first thing we see is that Paul knows that he has authority as an apostle. Paul's statement comes out in his response to the challenge he faces in Corinth in the beginning of this chapter. Am I not free? Am I not an apostle? There are people in the church in Corinth that questions Paul's authority. Sometimes we may have that experience. Sometimes people think, hey, you're too old. And sometimes we think, that's too young. I think when I began my ministry, people would say, hey, you're too young to be a pastor. And sometimes I heard people say, hey, that pastor has been staying in that church for too long. And sometimes that kind of questions is coming from our hearts. Am I really qualified to be a servant of the Lord? Am I not free? Am I not an apostle? But in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 1, Paul describes himself as, when I ca- came to you, brothers, announcing the testament of God to you, I did not come with brilliance and speech of wisdom. He's not the quote, unquote, smartest person. He's not the slickest person uh, to be in church. And even in 2 Corinthians 10, he said, his physical presence is weak and his public speaking is despicable. He's not handsome like a movie stars. He's not really eloquent. But Paul's answers to these challenges are twofold. Have I not seen Jesus our Lord, are you not my work in the Lord? The questions, and for this, answer is twofold. The first one is his subjective experience in the Lord's calling. Did God call to me, to the ministry? Am I a servant of the Lord? And Paul says, hey, I have seen the resurrected Lord. Have I not seen Jesus the Lord, and are you not working my Lord? It happened on the road to Damascus. He came to an encounter with the resurrected Lord. I am Jesus, divine your persecuting. But get up and go into the city and you'll be told what you must do. And the Lord speaks to Ananias, but the Lord said to him, "'Go, for this man is my chosen instrument "'to make my name to Gentiles, kings, and Israelites. "'I will show him how much he must suffer for my name.'" I give thanks to the Lord for the experience I have in him. I was born and grew up in a traditional Chinese families. The first things I noticed when I woke up was my grandmother burning incense to the idols. But by God's grace, by his providence, uh, I started in a Christian school from kindergarten to elementary school and had the chance to listen to gospel stories. Then I was by myself in a meeting sharing the gospel, the good news. And and when the preacher is asking people to accept Jesus, there was a burning in my heart. Then I struggle to raise my hands to, to indicate I want to accept Jesus. But there was a struggle. When, when, the, when the preacher asked people to, to, to walk down the aisle, I kind of hesitate. But I remember when I was home, I pick up the small Gideon Bible I received at, at school. And at the back cover of that small Gideon pocket Bible, New Testament. There was the salvation plan. And as I read through that, and at the very end, it said, if you want to believe in Jesus, sign your name there. I took out my fountain pen. (laughs) Those were days you used fountain pen. and wrote my name there. But then it was not until I was in my college year, my first year in college, It just happened I started as a Hong Kong Baptist college. I decided to follow Jesus. I decided to go to church, and I was baptized. I was baptized in May, and then in an evening uh, in November, as I attended an evening worship service, the Lord spoke to me, Uh, through the hymns that we sang that night, the Bible verses that we read that night, and also preaching of our foreign mission board missionary on that night, that God is calling His servants. I feel the same burning in my heart, and I sense God called me to full-time Christian ministries. I think we share that kind of experience, how God speaks to us, how God spoke to us at different times and using different people at different settings, that he has a very special plan for us. But then also we can see the other one is the objective affirmations. Are you not my work in the Lord? This morning I, I, we, we heard about the internship program of your seminary. know how often we were affirmed by churches by church leaders by other brothers and sisters that the lord is using us in different settings paul is saying to the people in corinth you uh, work in the lord we praise god the lord find us faithful and by his grace we are fruitful Maybe even before we enrolled in the seminary. I love to tell the story. I love to teach God words. I love the church. Paul knows his right as an apostle. Paul knows his right, but also in verse 4, he said, don't we have the right to eat and drink? Don't we have the right to be accompanied by a Christian wife like the other apostles, the lost brothers and sisters, or do Barnabas alone have no right to refrain from working? As apostle, he has right to eat and drink, (laughs) to be accompanied by a Christian wife, and also refrain from working a secular job. He gives good rationale too. From a human perspective, a worker needs to be paid. If uh, I call a plumber to fix something at my home, I expect a bill. If I ask someone to uh, cut my lawn, I expect, I was expected to pay the, the workers, whoever goes to war at his own expense who plants a vineyard and does not eat its fruit, or who separates a flock and does not drink the milk from the flock. This is from a human perspective. And this is what is taught in God's words. Am I saying this from a human perspective? Doesn't the law also say the same thing? For it's written in the law of Moses. Do not mussel an ox while it treads our grain is has really concerned with oxen. When I was a newly graduated seminarian, and I was just 25 years old, I uh, uh, began my ministry with an 80-year-old church uh, in Macau. And uh, I just thanked the Lord for the godly uh, experienced deacons. We have four deacons. Uh, The youngest was 70 years old. The oldest one was uh, 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 90, and I was just 25. But I enjoyed the time with the leading uh, deacon who was in his 80s. Uh, He's still, still practicing medical doctor. That was the first time I heard of this verse. He said, we're glad that we can have you. And we're glad that the church is supporting us. We're glad that the church, uh, they're willing uh, to support our uh, livelihood. But what is really astonishing in this passage is Paul is saying that he has the right, but also he has the right not to use his right. In-, in verse twelve, said, "However, we have not made use of this right. Instead." We endure everything that will not hinder uh, the gospel of Christ. In verse 15, but I have not, but I have used none of these rights. And on one side he said, Yes, I have all this right. I I I can ask for all these things, but however, I chose not to use it. And thus, that, that is my right. You know, At the same time, he said, uh, in the same way, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should earn the living by the gospel. But however, he said, hey, yes, I have all this right, but I still have the right to exercise not to use this right for two reasons. I think in today's world, number one, it can be too expensive to support a minister from one single church. Or it's too expensive to have missionary to go to some place and to do the work of the gospel. We are grateful for Southern Baptists to send missionaries to many different places. I was born and I grew up in Hong Kong, and I studied in the Hong Kong Baptist College. Many mm-hmm. of these works cannot be done if the missionaries were not there. Um, I studied at the Hong Kong Baptist Theological Seminary. At that time, most of our professors are Southern Baptist missionaries. At that time, I think Hong Kong was not ready to have their own professors, but now we are glad that many of them, they came to the States and received theological education because our missionaries, they're willing to sacrifice themselves, living, America, I'm leaving the States to go to East Asia. I moved from Hong Kong to Macau, and that was a different settings. While Hong Kong uh, was governed by the British and Macau was governed by the Portuguese, they have a very different philosophy mm-hmm. and a, a very different standards of living. But when I see missionary coming from the States to live in Macau, and looking back, they make a lot of sacrifice. But even today, it can be still very expensive to have a minister serving full-time, even in some of our cities uh, in America. When I came to the States, um, I pastored in Los Angeles. I pastored in San Francisco. I was sad to see that it was so challenging uh, to live in cities in California. 30 years ago, when I lived in San Francisco, we complained that, oh, it's almost impossible to have your own home, to buy your own home in, uh, in, in the Bay Area. 25 years later, as I visited some of the churches there, they said, now, it's even difficult, challenging for pastors to rent a decent apartment. In, 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 in that city. And I heard that when a pastor retire, they said, how can we support a full-time pastor here? Because if, you, if a, a, uh, a landlord, they expect uh, uh, the family to have uh, uh, three times the rent as their income, then you're talking about $9,000 a month. Not many churches would be able to support a pastor with that kind of salaries. But also, it's also Paul is saying that I'm not exercising that right because the gospel would not be hindered. So there we would no second guessing what is one's motive in preaching the gospel. So often people preach, people, people give talks, uh, they expense to have income. So, oh, he's doing all this all for himself. You know how often you hear people say, hey, the church just wants our money. But Paul is saying that, I am doing this. No one will question our motive. But Paul is also looking for the reward. Paul knows he's right but he exercised his right not to use his right. The reason they will know the gospel of Christ is looking for a greater reward. For if I do this willingly, I have a reward. But if unwillingly I'm entrusted with a stewardship, what then is my reward to preach the gospel and offer it free of charge and not make full use of my authority in the gospel? We were entrusted with a stewardship. We are the steward of the treasure. We are the steward of the gospel. We are the sower of the gospel seed. We have to be faithful to the work that was entrusted to us. As as we were, the expectation of us is to be faithful. And we are obliged to do the tasks that are given to us. We we, We have freely received the gospel, and so we will give freely. And we are saved by grace, and we live by grace. Doing it willingly, I have the reward. Doing it uh, willingly, I'm enjoying it. But if for whatever reason, we're not willing to do what God wants us to do, the work is still there. When I moved to Atlanta, one of the chores I have to accept is mowing the lawn every week. Otherwise, the homeowner associates will send me a polite letter. (laughs) Yeah, this is something I have to do. Yes, I can say I hate it. I have to suffer for that. But also, I can see what a joy it is to have a clean, neat lawn. That I, I I myself can enjoy it. But nothing can compare with the work of the gospel ministry. Yeah, it's hard. Sometimes as pastor, we have to counsel with people. Listening to people repeating the same story for over an hour is hard. Responding to an emergency call is difficult. And sometimes sharing Christ, you know, uh, explaining our faith is demanding. Why have to do that? As a seminary student, it's hard. We have this academic uh, burden, and then you have to internship, and we have real, real, stretch. It suffer, But also, yeah, we can do it. Yeah, I have to do that because of the requirement of the seminary. Hey, but we still have to do that. But also, if I'm doing it willingly, we're enjoying it. There's a joy in there. Paul focused on the reward to preach the gospel and offer free of charge and not make full use of my authority in the gospel. No one has to pay to know Jesus, and the gospel is not hindered. Last month, the Chinese Baptist Fellowship sent me and the President of Fellowship to a tiny island in South Pacific Ocean named American Samoa. So we flew, I flew from Atlanta, my uh, uh, president, he flew from New York and we met in LA. We flew to Hawaii and then from Hawaii, and five hours to that little tiny island where speed limit is 25 miles per hour. There was only a total population, about 50,000 people with 1,000 Chinese we were there to celebrate the 40th anniversary of the first Chinese Baptist Church of Pago Pago. It was a long flight, it was tiring, and the climate was different, and it's a totally different settings. But we were there to learn of the history of that little church. That missionary is coming from Taiwan 40 years ago to preach the Chinese population there many of them, they were going a lot of difficulties and challenges in their life. Actually, the the Taiwan government, first is to send a police officer to that island because that, that gentleman is still there. And he said, you know why? They have to send a police officer to that island because the only reason Chinese reached that island is because they were fishermen. There was the stockies factory that had the tuner, the canning. and if these fishermen they were in, on the ocean for several months, they do things I don't want to describe here. And they got in that kind of troubles. But mission was centered there, and life changes. I listen to stories, how people share how the life changed because they heard of the gospel how they find hope, how, how the life will change. We spent a week there. I think one of the most significant experience for me and the president of the fellows was that we have a chance to talk with a Chinese businessman there. We share Christ with him. And then at the end of the conversation, We asked him, would you like to believe in Jesus at this time? Would you like to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior? And he said, yes. And we led him to accept Christ in prayer. He was in his 50s, and we could see the joy on his face. And he was spending the, the next several days with us. And that is our reward. Do we have rights? We have rights. Do we have authority? Yes, we have authority. Do we have power? We have power. Because we are called to be followers of Jesus. Because we are called to be his minister. Because we are called to be his servants. We remember who called us. And we remember how, by His grace, He confirmed us. He confirmed His calling in the ways He's using us. But also, in light of our calling, we have the right not to use our right. What are some of the rights you may want to give up today, so that the gospel will not be hindered? but we are looking forward for a reward that is guaranteed. Let's pray. Father God, we give thanks to you because it's your grace that you call us to be your servants. It's really your sovereignty you call us to be your followers, and you call us to be your minister for the Gospel. We give thanks for the authority you have given us, the rights you have given us. Also that we can be your steward, but help us, knowing that what rights we have to give away, what rights we determine not to use, just as our Lord Jesus He gave up his right as your son in heaven, but to die for our sins on the cross as a servant. And in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.